1: Yesterday we were joined by Glenn's volleyball
2: championship management for December Ian Murray Congratulations mate
1: Thank you Thank Delighted you. to receive it Yeah absolutely It's good recognition of uh, how well the players have done firstly and how well the club get the players mate It's all you fuck. <laughs> Nah 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 I need to say
2: hospitality's been first class mate thanks very much Lunch nah, no problem We chat Boys are lovely boys aren't they Nice uh,
1: Really good bunch Really really um, happy environment. Ugly team, Captain I'm by s- Scott s- Brown. Hi, so. Bruni, he's been brilliant for us though. Um, great lad as well, yeah, real yeah. leader and uh, gets the boys going.
2: Be honest though, because we made him captain at Peterhead as well, it is because he'll be sitting next to you in the team forty and he'll make you look better. <laughs> <isn't it?
1: laughs> Absolutely, but he's <laughs> not the only one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, mate, month um, of December, sitting top of the league, club progressing on and off the pitch. What a time to be at Raith Rovers,
1: eh? Yeah, it's been, it's been really good. We've um, obviously had a, a a decent season so far and we, we just try to keep going and I mean I think a lot of the credit has to go to the to the new board that have come in and really really helped me to be honest in terms of infrastructure that we've put in place and the backing that we've been given in terms of, you know, getting players in and out and you'll see it around here now. If you walked in here this time last season this this didn't exist. This was a completely different stadium. All right. So is, is that what they came in and changed everything? Pr- pretty much, yeah. You know, we had a couple of decisions to make at the time. Do we go really large on a playing budget, or do we go large, uh, or or split it more between environment and keeping our budget? Kind of basically the same as what we were at last season. So to put that myth to bed that we've got spades of money to throw about, we don't. Um, but what we have done, invested heavily in the players' environment. The change rooms are are amazing. Probably. the will be the best in the league to be honest. Um, my surroundings are probably the best in the league as well and that's now rubbing off on the park so at the moment it looks like we've made the right decisions.
2: Uh, I watched a wee bit of training there end intensity was really good, um, just to give people an insight into how you work, who takes training, I've seen you, Colin Cameron and John Potter out there, how do you kind of split?
1: Yeah split it's, it's pretty simple, you know I'll come in and, and you know, plan the session. Um Colin now we've we've worked together a couple of times and for a bit of period of time she so knows how I work and Potsy comes out and just you know gives us another set of eyes and you know speaks to the players and gets a feel of maybe one or two things that we're not not seeing or not feeling in terms of it could be anything, home life, um, you know, fatigue, whatever it may be. Um, but the players are players are brilliant. You know, we're discussing out there with Potsy today in terms of you're not worried now when you come onto the training park and what you're going to get. You're going to get 100% every every session. You're going to get intensity every session. You're going to get loads of mistakes as well in there. And you're going to have days where the session's not as high quality as others. But in terms of the appetite and hunger and desire to go and be football players, these guys are incredible. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, what I really like about your team, though, I know you're saying this to be up your arse, even when you were the Airdre manager we used to play against you, was how attacking you were. So, so it really is attacking football. People use this word identity
1: now, but would you say that is your identity as a, as a football team I think it's becoming more that way I don't think I ever set out to be this all attack and all action manager I was probably progressed and, and evolved as as I got more experience you know, I was at, I started at Dumbarton where we, we didn't really have the players to go all out attack we had guys that were honest and working hard and were in a really tough league and then at to you kind of just find players and you think how do I get as many of my good players on the park as I possibly can at once without being crazy you know we're never going to go well we've done it but a couple of times but I mean we don't set out to go you know leave two at the back and both full backs must go high and we just we have to we try and move as a team and as a unit but I don't really want to sit behind the ball and wait for the other team to give me the ball back I want to go and get the ball I think that was me as a player probably that was my game I wasn't technically brilliant but go and get the ball back I'll take it off you and then we'll go and start an attack and try to emphasise that on the, on the team and I think with the players that we've got and the players that we've signed, that's our best form of defence.
2: Yeah, love it. Uh, you do give nightmares as well, though, because I don't know if you remember it, my last ever game was against your Airdrie team, do you remember what happened? Was that, uh, was that 1-1? Uh, was uh, it 1-1 or you beat us in your squad in Ongo? Ongo, well, 1-1. Way.
1: I was really happy because that got us a record <laughs> of uh, undefeated games at the Did that? <laughs> <laughs> and Bruni misses a penalty. <laughs> so he did score missed <laughs> <with laughs> a penalty. Is he he knew he was it. coming with you, that's why like he dapht it. doubled that.
2: <laughs> <it. laughs> oh, nightmares mate. Uh, that's right, nightmares. 1-1 aye, that's right. Uh, some big results again this month, uh, 1-0 win at Dundee United, that must have been um, the highlight of the month.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, we'd had a really tough week we had Park Thistle here the Friday night which was a crazy game 4-3 we then went up to Arbroath and kind of I wouldn't say we stole a win in terms of the game but we stole a 95th minute goal where it looked a draw all, all night long to be honest and it was a really tough game so that put us in a position to go to Tannadice. um I think maybe two points ahead something like that I can't remember and then we went up to Tannadice, played played um Played alright in the first half, solid enough, which was good. Wasn't loads of quality in the game, but it was a really highly competitive game. And then Dylan obviously comes up with Brilliant. that just moment of, of magic, really. And that's Dylan, he's playing left wing or left and He ends up in the right-hand corner and twists and turns and puts a, an incredible effort at the back of the net. But yeah, we, we took 2,000 fans up to that game. Um, the noise and the backing that they gave us was, was amazing and incredible. And we repaid them. See on Dylan, I wanted to ask you
2: because I've watched a lot of your games, especially the Friday night games, and and it, sometimes, like you say, you, you you find it hard to see where Dylan's actually playing because he does roam. Uh, do you work within like a set structure, but then there's certain players where you can just go and let let them do what they like?
1: Yeah, yeah. Dylan's falls into that category perfectly. Dylan's you know starts on the left, and the thing is with Dylan, he gets frustrated when he's not getting the ball, or he doesn't feel he's getting the ball enough, and then he goes looking for it, and he can't. He can end up anywhere. Yeah. I think you can let him do it to a certain extent. It, but against really good teams or, or periods and games where you're maybe under a bit of pressure, they may have to. You know, he, he is learning it just to stay in your position. And I understand loads of managers like their players to stay in position, and that's where you stay. And you run there or you move there, but you don't go there. I think with guys like Dylan and Vonnie and um, you know other oh, Jamie Gullins and Aidan Conley to a certain extent, and Sam Stanton's, you have to let them go and roam. They they're very intelligent footballers. They know what they're doing. If we lose a ball Are we a bit light Sometimes at back Yeah we are transitionally we're, We need to improve a little bit But You can't get everything I'm, I'm more than happy To sacrifice Our defensive side Of our, our play For our attacking side
2: Yeah Even my missus knows You need to change positions mate. You can't keep the same <laughs> one All the time Um See on the Dundee United game, obviously it's such a massive game. How does what, what does preparation look for like a game like that? Is it do you prepare the same way for every every single team you play in the championship, or is it a wee bit more um, because Dundee United have got certain threats? Do you prepare a wee bit more I, for I,
1: them? I think it depends on your week leading up to the the game. Obviously, Dundee United game was a busy week, midweek game. We, we we didn't train very much that week. We had to recover, boy, That was the most important thing: recovery and getting ready again for for the game. Um, on on the Saturday, if you've got a full working week, then it, it changes slightly. You look at the opposition a bit more in terms of. Again, I look at their their back line first. I don't look at their their forward line. Also, do they play a three or a four? That's our starting base, and then maybe affects our training going into that into that week. But all of our training is really attacking stuff. If I'm being honest and. It's kind of, you know, lots of counter-attack drills, but again in my head, I'm always, the defenders are defending, so we're getting a little bit of both in, yeah. in the session. Um, but look, the guys, guys, footballers come to play football, they come to enjoy themselves, they come to get the ball out as quick as we can and, you know, so far so good. Uh,
2: just going on last year, I finished 7th, uh, you said about the board coming in, has that been the key change that that's seen you develop so much this year?
1: Yeah, I think, you know... John Sim, who, who was the owner of the club last year, still on the board and still a huge part of the football club, deserves a lot of, um, credit as well because this was a football club that was struggling. I think we've all been places where you walk in the door and you're ready to go and new challenge and then think sometimes what for done? Really? Because, it, yeah, because the club was running on fumes. You know, we were, we were really struggling with loads of players signed. We didn't really have much scope in the transfer market to go and get players. The place needed a little bit of TLC. So we had to deal with a lot, we had to try and, you know, I'll be honest, I said to John at the time, I said, John, I'm looking at, from an outsider coming in, we could be in a bit of a baller this season, from in my opinion, of, what, of our squad. And John was very understanding about all that. Um, publicly, we wanted to try and get the playoffs, but I yeah. think internally we knew it was a really, really big ask, and as much as we wanted to be in the playoffs... We could easily be in the league below. See, have
2: you talked about like the changes since the new boards came in? This I, I like to find it like I get a real good insight into your job. So you talk about now like players coming in, players going out. Is that you that does that now? Or have you got a system in place where people go and watch players and they come yeah, back to you with players? We
1: have brought in a, a new scouting network which is really, really good. So we're all you know, we've got a much larger coverage of on of, database of players that that I like, that maybe Colin Cameron's seen, that our scouts have seen, that Andrew Barrowman has seen, John Potter has seen. And then we get together and we go down the list and have a look and see where we think we need to improve, where, who we think are realistic targets, um, and also already guys at what we've got. So it's a, it's a huge collective effort. It really is. Um, and I know everybody says that about their football club, but here it, here it is. You know, everybody's in, we talk football all the time, and um, we talk about how can we make our club better commercially, how can we help the players' environment? So between all of us, you know, we've got a really good network, a really good infrastructure in, in place. Um, but again we always want to improve. Did the boy Ferry if he put your head never <laughs> nah, loads of time. Loads of time. loads of <laughs> <laughs> time. where was the offer?
2: Nah, too too expensive. No too safe. And I would be too safe to play in your team at side <laughs> you're sideways and back. You got uh, sideways. Sideways, mate. uh so see on that is the job easier this year than it was last year then? Or is it still just um, as tough?
1: It's just as tough. There's certain aspects of the job that are definitely being made easier for myself with the help of the new new guys, um, agents and stuff, which is not something I particularly enjoy and you know, scrambling about and trying to work out where can we save money there to give somebody else it there. That's that's nothing to do with me anymore, which is Good. which is great. And it was the same at Ergy, you know, I had Stuart Miller who was helping me immensely in the on the owners at Ergy. Um, And on the flip side, it's sitting around Dumbarton, I had to do all that. So that's one aspect of the job that I really don't miss. And I'm really grateful that John and Andrew and the rest of the guys are doing that for me. It makes my life a lot easier and lets me concentrate on the important stuff, which is out there with the guys and managing a team and trying to make sure that they are all right rather rather than anything else. And then on the flip side you have, you're sitting top of the league after 20 games people are getting a wee bit excited, you have to try and manage that, and I, I don't mean the players, players are very focused, but the fans are excited and right, yeah, so yeah. they deserve to be, um, a little bit of media coverage coming our way so we have to deal with that, so it kind of, you know, I have to balance it out a little bit and it flips around a little bit, but overall, um, you know, I'm really enjoying my job, that's that's the main thing and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where we end up. Not just enjoying your job, but also
2: the, the acting abilities. <laughs> yeah. Talking
1: through that did you need to be persuaded to do that? or I, I took a few days to have a think about it right. but I felt the way our social media was going and the way the guys are, are running that and making up you know, thinking outside the box And I felt it was a bit of good fun it's the way the club wants to go with the socials and, that, and that's absolutely fine it also shows people that don't know you a little bit of a human side to you rather than this guy who stands on the touchline and shouting and swearing and getting involved with people and all this sort of stuff but I tell you it took us ages <laughs> it took us it d- three, hard hours, to me, it? Like three hours or about three minutes <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just on the Colin Cameron thing so he was obviously a Hearts legend you know a house. did you used to kick fuck at each other?
1: yeah yeah we did we um, were both aggressive players yeah and, and that era was aggressive anyway and middle of the pitch at M- times middle you were yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I'd only caught playing against Colin a few times because he moved obviously down to Wolves and I was just coming breaking through um, but yeah, we, we used to play against each other, obviously involved with each other at Scotland as well. And um, he was manager of Cowden Beef when I was a manager of Dumbarton. So our, our paths have crossed on a few different times or a few different things. But um, you know, I always like to remind Mickey that he scored against Thames, but it was a 6 2 game. So who, who would win most of their games? Oh, do you know, if it had been over a longer period or that era, yeah, I actually don't know. I think we may have played two or three times. Um, but Hearts, right. were, Hearts were a really good side
2: you forget how good a player he was as well yeah
1: box to box you know late runs into the box scored loads of goals
2: see how we're talking about acting things does it just kind of sum up how the jobs change so again people maybe wouldn't know this that's you being 12 years a manager 2012 you first started yeah things like that wouldn't have been happening back then in 2012 nah, what, you know, what else in the job has changed for yeah. when you first started
1: social media was just coming out at that time as well really that's around that 2010 sort of period people were, were starting to take notice of this new thing and now it's now it's really important to football clubs it's a really you get a message across, and it's the way people kind of engage now as well. I think um, there's been so many changes in football, playing side and managing side. But again, I think it's how you evolve as well. I think you're, you're always going to get people that are just going to be that's our way, that's what they do, this is what happens, and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's just people having different characteristics. Um, I mean, I look at the playing side firstly, and I was I was at the Hibs Hearts game uh, a couple of weeks ago. And oh, I don't know if I'd want to play now Because You can't touch each other you, yeah. you, you cannot touch each other It's making defenders look really bad at times And they're not They're just not allowed to tackle yeah. And they has got to be perfect Because you saw the handball that uh, Hibbs got against them Which was just Everybody in the stadium was looking around Going what's, what's going on we, yeah. No Hearts player claimed No Hibbs player looked at it Fans were just watching the game So I don't know if I'd like to play now um, With the rules And I think it's a bit It's a bit Oh, man be pamby, to be honest. We, yeah. that's why I like the championship. We don't have VAR, which is which is great because we got on with. We accept mistakes from referees when we accept mistakes from players. We accept mistakes from managers, but it's proper football. It's you know blood and the thunder, and fans are excited. Um, so on that side, those changes are huge. Yeah, um, I think in terms of myself changing, it's, it's been quite a lot. I don't really get involved with referees now. I, I kind of unless it's really ridiculous. Um, and there's always one or two that are going to you know annoy you and cause you a bit of a problem but in the main you you learn to sort of mellow a little bit and accept that you no know, mistakes happen what about the other managers still nah never Nah, there we did a wee thing out there with done but it was nothing it was just nonsense you know I, I don't really again social media staff and media they like to blow everyone up and make, make things you know, massive and it, and it wasn't really it was just two teams who you know were in a, in a derby game one of us just scored in 95th minute other teams disappointed that that's about the end it. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of other managers no. I don't I don't get involved now. I used to. Yeah, I remember you back in the day. When I was younger, you I, was younger to, it, yeah. I used to. Um and I think all young managers probably do it. Yeah. And they look back and just shake their head and you know, wish we would matured much quicker. Yeah. What about
2: in the dressing room after the game are you are you more calmer than you were at first or is it yeah, still the same? Yeah,
1: much more calm. You, you you know, boys will tell you that, you know, I've, what's the point? Because when you've got a group that I've got at the moment, they know when standards aren't good enough. They know the demands that they've placed on themselves and we've placed on them. And if they fall short, they're more disappointed than anybody. You know, they're more disappointed than me because yeah. I can always think of ways. How can we make things better? Let's get back in Monday morning. These guys have got to go home and, you know, take the hit as well. Um, so yeah, you know, we lost a game on Saturday there. It was a simple message of probably got what we deserved at the game, which was, which was very little, didn't play very well. Let's go. Can you remember a rant in the early
2: days that you look back and think, "What was I?" I
1: remember having a rant. Uh, we were playing Livingston away, and we were getting beat one 0 And the referees had a particularly poor first half, so I went on pitch and said to him, "You're having, you're having a nightmare." Mate. <laughs> and he went, "No, as bad as your team." And that's like red rag. Yeah. Red rag. <laughs> so sort I've of lost the head. So I'm in the changing room with our captain, Chris Turner at the time. I won't go into the detail. He, he was due as a favour because he'd been up. Up to no good, probably.
2: Right.
1: Um, in terms of injuries and stuff, so I could have picked on anybody that day because we were that we were that bad in the first half. But Game boozlan was my assistant. I said to what Boozland a guy! Yeah, Boozy, great, great guy. guy. I, I said to Boozy, "I'm going to go for CT." He says, "But you need to be ready because CT was a big boy, big hardy guy, and I'm not. <laughs> 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 you need to be ready, as brilliant And I said, uh, "Okay, wait, 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 he's like, okay, Gaffer, okay." And then I went in, and, and say this is a, the physio's bench. CT was there, but I made sure I was on this side. gave me an, an extra bit, a few seconds yeah, just in case. On. Not that we have and I've went through them really badly, calling them lazy, fat, all this usual. Right. Uh, and I said, you're not coming off the pitch. I don't care how tired you're. You're going to, and we won the game 2-1, believe it or not. And out of all the things I said to him, he came to see me on the Tuesday night. And he went gaffer. Do you really think I'm fat?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the the one that always gets
1: players. (laughs) And I went, aye, I do actually, Uh but you're a great player. So it just shows you, you know, footballers like everyone else.
2: What about, see on that, like in terms of players coming to to see you now, does that happen a lot less than it did when you first started? I always think the boys now are, are less inclined to come and ask the manager.
1: Yeah, I think it probably is. I think, I think again, once they understand what I'm trying to do, um, it makes life easier. I try and get it in, in quite early to uh, whoever I'm working with. That look, if you look at our team this season, for example, loads of guys have been left out. It's not because they're not good players.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not because they're had a particularly bad run of form. It's because today I just felt like doing this, and there's been a lot of occasions this season, and I'm not kidding. And again, I'll be loads of people looking at us not agreeing. I don't know my team until Saturday morning. Really? Yeah, because we've got so many good players. I can play Dylan Easton anywhere. I can play Sam Stanton anywhere. We've just added Kyle Turner to a really good group: Vonnie, Jack Hamilton, and Jamie Gullen, Aidan Conley, uh, yes. Sean Byrne. You know, Scott Scotty Brown. Brown. <laughs> you know, like you can't play them all. Yeah. You just sometimes have to wait till it comes to you and get a feel. Um, and sometimes you're right, and sometimes you're wrong. So do you do you know shape up
2: on a Friday? Yeah. Yeah, we we do. We and do. Then would you change that? Have you got a different feeling on a Saturday we, morning?
1: What I normally do is I normally have two teams shaping up, doubling up in every position and right. then we'll add layers to it in terms of adding in maybe a back four and back two we don't do a lot of 10v10 stuff mainly because last season in particular we had no numbers we had yeah. a, a times 11, 12 players so it was, it was nearly impossible to do anything this year we could but again it's it's just trying to find the right balance I so just try to keep players I wouldn't say on edge but keeping them on their toes and and then the boys will say again, like they don't. And I'm not bullshitting anybody. Literally, I'll say to them, "Don't know the team yet, guys. So this is what we're doing today: two positions here, two two tens, two on the right, two strikers, and we just try and get them ready for the game. And then by doing that, we feel everybody's ready.
2: Brilliant. Uh, just on your playing career and managers that you played under, Alec McLeish, you gave you your first opportunity at Hibs. Uh, how good was he as a young lad?
1: Yeah, he was brilliant to me, Alec. I have to say, um, you know. Oh Alec a lot from a for my career. Um I went to Hibbs and yearly got relegated from the from the Premier League into the into the first division at the time and brought in some amazing players though. You know, Russell came in and Frank Sozier came in and then Dirk Lehman came in, Stuart Lovell came in, Gary Smith, Paul Fenneck, all these sort of Can characters. I put love on with Russell of no, I tell you, Ar- you she was a good player by <laughs> way. I'm telling you, <laughs> I honestly, like Ar- I, I honestly archie Ar- he was was he underrated eye? Eye. He's finishing and stuff really right. I, He was really, really good. Really, I mean, obviously Russell and Frank stole the show. Yeah. Um, but he needed other other guys around him because Alec recruited so so well. But he was hard as nails on you. Really.
2: On, was that on everyone? Out, McLeish was like that. So would like people. Well, well, in fact, forget that question. Was, was he was he hard on you coming through as a kid? He, he was
1: hard on me, but he wasn't hard on every youngster, which I kind of liked because it, I think he was trying to help me develop quicker. And he, I know it sounds perverse, but maybe liked you yeah. and wanted you to succeed. So. I was I was scared of Alec. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't deny that. You know, he, he's a big man. He would tell you when things weren't right, and when he walked in a room, you could feel his presence. Um, yeah. But he was also brilliant. His tactical knowledge of the game, his training was always hard, but really, really good. And Andy Watson was the perfect sort of foil for him and uh, who was assistant. Um, and then we well, obviously he was won the league that year and then back in the Premier League so Alex, you know again I owe him so much do you remember the first
2: your debut I always ask you about the debut do you remember yeah. what, what was the circumstances was it a couple of days before he pulled you or was it your yeah. the day of the game do you remember it was
1: quite funny I'd done really well because of the first division um, I was in the first division and then the Premier League started there was a big gap back then there was really, so there was instead of having like 10-12 weeks off there was maybe 4 weeks off and then there was voluntary training days in Edinburgh so I went to I didn't go on holiday that year so I went to every single voluntary session sorry there was voluntary, voluntary sessions voluntary sessions and they were hard really. so the
2: manager would say it's up to you whether like, you want to come in yeah right? up to a date right
1: we're, we're having training if you want to come come in if you don't then don't was like, never at one No, nah, he was never <laughs> at <that, yeah. laughs> nah. uh, so we, I went to every one I went back really really fit really like I was only 18 um, and I got to go on the pre-season tour to Denmark I think it was Never played a minute, um, but I was so happy to be there. Then I went back, went through a wee sort of infection thing that knocked me for a a month, and then I came back and was really poor, really, really poor, to the extent where people are thinking, what's going on? You've know, you been there, and then suddenly you're there. And Hibs were going to Trinidad, um, and I wasn't going. And then I think Pat McGinley and Frank Sosey pulled out two days before, so I went, I got pulled in. I was really disappointed not to be going, and then I got pulled in. And then um, again, I don't know if this is true, but John Hughes says it is. So we're out in the second game, we're outside, and John Hughes, uh, at half-time, yeah. uh warming up or whatever, kicking the ball. And Yogi comes out and says, Nid, the gaffer wants you. And Yogi's, Yogi, the gaffer didn't want me, right? So I'm sitting there waiting, <laughs> thinking, like, what's like, what's going on? Like, what, when am I going on? And the gaffer, nobody said a word to me. And then somebody's on the bench getting their massage and pulled up, and the gaffer just turned around and went, Nid, go on. So I done that half done well, then I played the whole of the next game and then we went back to uh, to Edinburgh and um I started the next league game. That's how, how quickly it went from not being in the original, oh, it, just shows you original it? it just shows you being in the original squad to starting at Tynadice uh, in the Premier League. At eighteen. Eighteen and I I joined him from United, so it was quite nice. Oh have you done the United as a kid? I was done United as a kid, yeah. And he signed you from there? Yeah. Or are you left on United like um, released? Um uh, it was a bit murky. It was back in the Jim McLean days. Um, United wanted me to go up, but I, I didn't want to go. Oh, right. So you ended up going to Hibs. To Hibs yeah. uh, so was that as a centre back? C- I was probably centre mid at the time. Right. Um, I was playing centre mid for Dundee United. That when I signed for Hibs, and then I'd been kind of centre back, centre mid in the Hibs youth team. Um, and but my debut was left midfield. Was that uh, left against, mid against United? Yeah.
2: And do you remember uh, McLeish going through you as a young lad? At any games?
1: Because um, I would imagine he'd been quite in, inconsistent as a young player. Yeah, I was. I was. Nah, he was alright. All alright, was he? He was alright, you know. He, he was, as I say, he was good to me. To, you know, the biggest one thing I can kind of think about in MacLeish in terms of really helping me was the Scottish Cup final. Right. I'd played probably ten games leading up to the, the final. Stuart Lovell had been injured. Olic Larson had been injured. Keep
2: it, sailing, like yeah, yeah, it, keep it certain, Olic Larson.
1: Yeah, keep Yeah, yeah, really good player yeah, as well. Yeah. And I think three days before the game or training, so he pulled me and I'm thinking it's the old pull of... No plan. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, well done, but you know, this is... Yeah, a- yeah, He pulled me and I'll never forget, he said, look, I've messed you about all season because I've been playing everywhere. And he says, I'm going to mess you about again. And I, that's when I'm thinking, he went, I'm going to play right wing back. I've never played there. I didn't care. But the minute I heard, I'm going to play you, that was me. You know, so they told me on the Wednesday... The game was on the Saturday and I thought you know, the easiest thing in the world for Alec to do that day was play Stuart level yeah. and he decided to give me the chance. against a brilliant Celtic team because we right. were a good side. You know? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. uh, Sozi was half half fit done his hammy. Russell it was when Russell got done for the, the drink driving right. stuff so he was not in the squad which know, really hurt us yeah of um, course but we still we actually done alright in the game We probably could have been 1-0 up but then Larson scores a double um,
2: game's over uh, talking about Big Yogi How is he in the dressing room we've had him on here lots of times he's top man yeah
1: he? brilliant um, you know I, lo- I love it again I went to I went from watching Hibs and terraces going literally and again overnight going into the working you know where team. would you go with your dad it? yeah my dad and my brother normally and you know we had season tickets and then I was looked at school one day and then down at Easter Road the next day, so I'm kind of in awe and you know of these guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to watching and, and 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 seeing them play on a Saturday, and suddenly I'm now you know cleaning their boots, getting stuff ready, and it was a bit surreal for me, but amazing. Um, Yogi was part of that group and obviously a huge character, a good player as well, and you know team club captain at the time.
2: Did uh, I think Deeks tells it where he got the boot polish a full predicts his full body before he's like 18th I, birthday I, I, Would he do similar stuff to I, yourself?
1: He didn't do that to me but I remember my my, my first ever day at Hibs, I used to train at Heriot-Watt and I'm not kidding I'm sitting there like with my back to this like, uh, you know, back to people and a guy comes over with a massive knife I mean a massive knife goes right <laughs> up against my throat <laughs> And he starts asking me loads of questions, and it was Jokey. Now, imagine that sliss, like, or somebody pushes up. Do
0: you
1: know what I mean? Like, and I mean, a big, massive kitchen. That's brilliant, like, honestly.
2: Oh, so good. Uh, mentioned some of the players need to ask about Latipi what a player
1: Brilliant, unbelievable. Um. Effortless to as well You know It didn't matter if you were playing on grass Indoors And you know Some days indoors. A um, indoors Good pitch, bad pitch Russell was Russell He's an incredible football player His vision was amazing
2: Would he do things That were used generally would he, it where he's general, like
1: Yeah Yeah He really would I think he, I think just Him He was Two or three steps ahead of us Which as you know Sian football is just massive yeah. but, You know, It's it's miles ahead he didn't know do you go and get tight to him or do you go and stand off him do you put him on his right do you put him on his left the only thing he probably couldn't do was head the ball but he yeah. didn't need to because he never put himself in a position where he needed to yeah. head the ball he was so good at bringing the ball down or playing the ball one touch I mean you can Russell and Frank together I mean incredible footballers
2: Was he laid back off the pitch?
1: Yeah very yeah he was more laid back off than he was on Yeah, I think most footballers get that little bug when they go on the pitch he's still got the bug but his bug compared to everyone else's was not as high because he was, he was, well, you know, Caribbean, very laid back, like a fag, so, like a fag, so, liked a fag, so much he like a drink, but you had to because that's Russell. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't have Russell without all that. Russell was never going to respond to a straight down the middle hardliner. You again, you have to put up with certain things from players. Just because Russell enjoyed the fag didn't he mean he was a, not, a, not a good professional, Play, not yeah, a yeah. good teammate, and not a good guy.
2: So it's, it's probably good for you that you've worked with somebody like that Dylan and Eastern on a lesser extent But like you said, there's just some players that you need to treat that wee bit differently, don't you?
1: Totally, you know, Russell's obviously different culture Dylan's obviously, um, you know, from from here in Memphis But people don't understand other other people's upbringings What's What were they brought up with? What's acceptable to them that's not acceptable to you? What's their drive? What's your drive? So yeah. everybody's different and I think when you, you know, certainly with Russell um, a guy that played for his country about a hundred times, you know, um, ability-wise, shoots ahead of everybody else in the team, maybe apart from Frank. What, what are you going to do? Yeah. What You're not, not going to play him? You, yeah. You're going to have to put up what he wants to do so you can play him. Did you ever get an eight out of him as a young boy? Um, I, I will have, yeah. Russell was not a guy who would uh, shun you because you're a young boy. He, would, he treated Jake. everybody exactly the same. Um, just you know, polite courteous to you, try and help you as well, tell you yeah, when yeah. you were doing really well, and and all that. I mean, Russell was probably out a lot more than what I even knew because you know, the age difference and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. stuff like that. But I, obviously, as I say, got caught with the the whole. Uh, Dwight York stuff and all that for yeah. the cup final which was a, which was a shame
2: uh, Yogi tells the best story but was it was at Falkirk and they were doing running and Russell came out after on Jack Ross shouts how you know he says you carry a piano yeah. and I'll play, I'll
1: play it that's exactly what I was thinking about when I was talking about the runs around uh, the voluntary training sessions Russell was never he'd, he would do the running he you just jog it he wasn't going to kill himself uh-huh. you know, he used to say like they say there the, uh, I'll play it Player, he was a ball player. He was better, him or so was he? Really hard. I don't, I don't know. They both had different attributes. Frank was a much more serious athlete. Um, his range of passing was incredible. Uh, his shooting and stuff. But Russell's trickery and vision and smaller spaces was probably just a wee bit higher. But overall, poor. Trying to separate them is too. Did you hard. play midfield? Or both? Do you get a chance to play yeah, midfield? Or both? Yeah, I played. kind of played a diamond. So sometimes Frank would play the bottom I'd play left Russell would play 10 Which was amazing for me Because it used to be Frank sometimes gave it to me Sometimes yeah. didn't Because you know <laughs> uh, Get to Russell as quick as we can Because yeah. It made my job so easy You know 5, 10 yard passes into, uh, into number 10 And let him go and do it
2: uh-huh. What were they, were they Were they good in terms of advice as well like On the pitch Would they pull you aside Maybe do this better Do that better Or would they just leave you to get on with
1: it Yeah um, A bit of both You know I think Frank more than Russell on that side or, or certainly felt like that at times, but very very calm in his nature, Frank, very, very again, very humble, very nice. Told you a lot about of his experiences of his football career and very down to earth, you know, just always never slaughtered young boys. I don't remember you know you get a lot of players that do it, but these guys never right. went overboard. They would give you a kick up the arsenal when you needed it and yeah. tell you to get going and be better. Um but again, their performances set the standards. You know, We had other guys, Craig Booster, mixed with Pat Linen, who, would, who they'd let you know if yeah. things were any right. So when you had all that in together, for a young player going to that sort of squad, as hard as it was in terms of trying to live up to their expectations, amazing players to go in with.
2: Yeah. And would your dad still come and watch you every week?
1: Yeah, 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 he did. Um he used to come in pretty much every game, home and away. Um, same when I went to Rangers, done the same. Certainly home games. Um and same as a manager, he used to come to the games. Very brilliant, mate.
2: Uh so you're in the team and then this next group that comes through. How soon did you know about O'Connor, Riordan, Brown, Thompson, whatever? Would you get spoken about in terms of like, when they were playing youth team, did you get a chance to see them as first team players?
1: Not not really. Um you know, back then it was it was a bit different in terms of young boys were young boys and had done all the, 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 the jobs. Dirty work and you'd go in training, you'd go back and then they'd still be, you know, picking up goalposts and screwing them, getting all the stuff in all together. Didn't see much of them in terms of the games because there seems to be loads of games now. Yeah. I play all the time. Back then it was a game a week.
0: Yeah, so yeah, of course. You train the
1: rest of the week and you play the Scottish uh, Scottish Youth Cup and that's your lot. Maybe the Scottish Youth Cup you'd go to games. Yeah. Um but then Gaz I think Gaz used to do my boots actually. He was my he How was, was he my, as a boot boy? Uh, he was all, he was all right. He was all right he, sometimes uh, <laughs> but, but I, I knew Derek more because he could come in kind of halfway through a season nobody really knew who he was just this young guy appeared at training Donald Park was our uh, youth manager um, very you know, slight and rough around the edges but he could finish you know his finishing was incredible so he was the first one to come um, and then Gaz kind of came six, six to nine months after that emerging and then they 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 kind of formed that partnership. And then after that, your Scott Browns, your Kevin Thompson, Stephen Fletcher's were coming through.
2: See so when Gaz and Deeks first came in, how were they with the older boys, cheeky winding you up all the time?
1: Confident, I think. Um, you know, I used to a bit further down in our careers, you know, we'd maybe go to i IBOX, Parkhead, whatever it was, and we used to think we'd be anybody. Honestly. We weren't trying to cocky, we just that's where we were. Yeah. Twenty twenty one, you think you can be anybody. So I'd be like, I think we could win the day, you know, two 0 two one. And you have Gaz sitting beside you going, I'll probably score a hat trick. <laughs> uh, you have deep going, I'll probably score a hat trick. So, so we're in the 6-0. I'm like, we're 6-0 <laughs> like, you know, What planet are we on? Like, you're on the bus after the game, 4-0 down the road. You know. <laughs> you know, real guys, eh? you know. That's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> but that's the mentality. Uh-huh. We had no fear. We had no fear. I mean, we lost the game, we didn't dwell on it, we didn't care.
2: What about then the ones that come after it? Then your Browns, Thompson, and Whitaker? Like, could you tell straight away that they were going to be top players? I
1: think. I think. Um, yeah, Whitty, Whitty was was Mr. Reliable, steady Eddie. You could see him coming through. Scott Brown coming through. Fletcher. Um was brilliant. Man. Yeah, so Fletcher familiar. was was really intelligent for a young player. His movement and the way he found himself in space in the box. And Rooney was all action. Started out in the right wing, obviously. Over his the span of his career converted into a centre midfielder and a bit a bit more camera in terms of he's running about. Tomo brilliant on the ball, you know, technically really, really good. And we had big guys is probably the one for me. Um, and I hate saying it that for me he had everything. You know, he had power, he had pace, he had strength, he could score goals, he could head the ball. Um but but Deke's um the best finisher I've probably ever seen. Yeah.
2: The left and right, yeah, the, incredible.
1: Uh, could hit the ball from thirty yards, hit the ball from four yards. It didn't matter.
2: So, see, because you were a wee bit older than them, did you kind of take it upon yourself to then be the older guy to them and give them advice in there, or did would they, would they, would they, would they not really take advice on the t- sort of boys? Uh, nah,
1: they wouldn't really take it. They would listen to you, but they would they probably end one year out the other, which yeah. is fair enough. And they were riding the crest of a wave at the time as well. But yeah, I was probably you no, know, that two or three, four years older than some of them, Um and I, I missed all quite a lot of their development because I obviously moved on from yeah. Hibs and they were still there and then they eventually moved but you could tell from a young age that they were they be top. top players
2: I need to ask you about Bobby Williamson Deeks tells a great story <laughs> Bobby always shouts when he's lying in the bathroom he's banging out as Deeks would say <laughs> and Gaz O'Connor talks about him talking, eating toast now but <laughs> everyone speaks so highly of Bobby Williamson D- you, have you got similar memories?
1: Yeah, again, brilliant. I, had, I was so lucky in my, especially in my early part career. Hibs, you know, because when Alex left, it was a blow for everybody. Frank came in, and you know, again a blow because we liked him. We liked Frank. What to do well for him didn't work out. And Bobby coming, who um, was doing really well at Kilmarnock, and nobody really knew what to expect. But he brought Jim Clarkin and Jerry McCabe. Uh, again, two brilliant guys. And yeah. Bobby, Bobby was great to me. I, I was playing well. I think first game I scored two actually. Um, which kind of helped, you know, it's meant your kind of relationship, shall we say, with a new manager. And again, what I'm talking about Bobby is like. Bobby was a man in management. You didn't realise what he was doing at the time, but his man management was really, really good. He was a normal guy who just kept things pretty cool. And I remember, this is how happy I was, 21 years old. I remember my, my place was there and Bobby's office was there, so it looked out. And it was maybe a Monday or Tuesday, I don't know. And he pulls me in the office. He said, "We've had a bid from Cardiff City, a million quid or something." Anyway, he went, you didn't want to go the day. And I just went, "No," I walked out. No, was it done? End of conversation. That was ended. No, he said to me, "It was Monday. He said, I'll see you Thursday." Down the road. And I was like, "All right." Wow. Something yeah. I sell it. Yeah. Again, yeah. and he—he he was right though. I didn't—I didn't want to go because yeah, I was loving it and I was loved the environment. Um, but nowadays, you know, that you know—you look back and think oh, maybe I should have had a look at that. But Bobby, as a manager. I liked him. His messages were very clear, very simple, and that's what you want. Uh, somebody
2: else says they were trying to train. <laughs> <laughs> he was standing at the side of a burger van getting baked and rolled aye, before, Aye, <laughs> I, But we all were. Uh, like, that was just a done that, thing that, back in the day, that, wasn't
1: it? You know, we had a, a roll van outside the stadium with Ninja boys. The minute us boys went training, Ninja boys were nipping around to get their breakfast. breakfast uh-huh. I remember being in a... Um, we'd had this big nutritional talk at Hibs uh, I don't know, one day maybe this, again, maybe Monday. Me, Derek and Gaz, and someone i can't remember. he have been Bruni or someone. There's a, a crazy spoon that used to road. We're sitting. Bobby's driving past. And he, he remembers. He just put his window in. Keep doing what you're doing. And that's it. I went. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that uh, was, why?
2: Why change it? That's where we were at the, that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Uh, the game changer for for me, uh, Tony Mowbray arriving.
1: Yeah, that was a yeah, it was a, a big change. It was a you know a, at the time quite a surprise appointment from Hibbs. Nobody knew. Um, a brilliant appointment, you know, Tony came in and, and opened her eyes a little bit, shall we say And um, made us kind of think about how serious do we want to go And where do we want to be in, you know, two, three, four, five years' time And inherited a really, really young team with loads of talent And that, having talent's one thing, but trying to pull it out of guys and push guys on is a different thing And Tony and, and Mark Venus, um, his training and stuff was, was really, really good Just small tweaks here and there um, and had us playing really good football. And he brought in some good young players, Dean Shields, Sam Morrow, up, uh, right. of the world as well. They came in and gelled into our group really, really well. Tony, um, again, very good at man managing. You have to read your players a little bit. Again, how do you control, or not control, because that's not the right word, but how do you get the best out of Derek Rardin, Gary O'Connor, Scott Browns, Kevin Thompsons? What kind of other players do you surround them with? So how did
2: he? Was it a lot of, one-on-one one chats like Gaz and De- Yeah, pro- probably a lot more.
0: That's stamps.com. Code program.
1: Well, then I I know. You've seen, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and we'll ever know, you know, because, um, you know, they were both flying high, scoring loads of goals, and, and we needed them to play. Again, you know, week, weekends were for enjoyment if we won a game. sure Tony knew that. I'm pretty sure he will. If he, if he didn't, then I'd be very surprised. Yeah. Did he ever, you know, pull us up for it? Not really. He just kind of told us to be responsible and... You know, remember, there's you know the other side of it. You, you try to stay in the team, make a career for yourself. How do we get you to the highest level as we possibly can? What was your favourite haunts in
2: Edinburgh? Oh, what was it? What was the
1: what was the places? Um, in Edinburgh, God, there was loads back then. There was absolutely there's not as many now. Um, Shanghai. Shanghai. No, that wasn't it. See, that didn't exist. No, that didn't exist. Nah, like, never existed. Uh, was a place. Euros and Elite were always there. Um, there was another one. I can't remember. If it was t- century two thousand, or it changed names. But at that point, three uh, sisters as well. Right, three oh, sisters. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a wee bit old school. Is uh, there
2: anything better than that playing for your boyhood team every weekend at Edinburgh?
1: Nah, there's not. There's the not. when you go high
2: and get older, and you get more worries and the pressure yeah, comes yeah, to doesn't I, it?
1: I swear to see people twenty-one and that the Cardiff stuff. All this. I, I had enough money at the time in my pocket to do, you know do the things at 21 that you want to do, you're playing for your local team, team that you supported, and you're hanging about with guys inside your work that you really like and you're hanging about with your mates outside the work. At 21 years old, it doesn't really get that much better. Uh, would your dad, like? would he give you
2: tips after games or say how you played or would he just leave you to it?
1: Uh, I remember my dad, um, <laughs> I'd been, playing for Hibs one day and I went to see him in the pub. I used to drive past the pub on the way home so I'd nip in to see him. I remember my dad saying something to me about, Oh, you're not playing like you used to play when you were at the high school, running about (laughs) and such a dad (laughs) thing. I remember saying to him, I said, "Dad," and I hate. I said, "You, you don't know. You're not my fucking gaffer." Uh And to be fair, that's that day. No, that was
2: that was it. That's probably my mum used to say exactly. You don't play like you used to play when you were at Steely Boys Club. fucking harder than it is. So you to talk about the Cardiff thing. Was there any other clubs that came in for you before you went to Rangers? Um, so there was a lot of interest. I remember there, there was there. a lot.
1: There was a lot of interest. I think the interest kind of came after, um, or too late down the line. Right. Um, I think Middlesbrough were fairly interested. I think there was talk of um, Celtic making a last-minute sort of stuff, but I was kind of really always pulled towards Rangers because Alec, more than anything else. Mm. When I grew up, Rangers, Celtic, I wasn't bothered. I was Hibs and Hibs and Hart, oh, so. yeah. yeah. Um, but Alec being there, Andy Watson being there, that that was huge for me because I was going to a manager that I'd worked with before. I was going to a manager that had, had already signed me uh, for Hibs, and I was going to a manager where I knew what he expected of me.
2: Yeah. Just lastly, on because one player I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the manager, assistant manager, Basil, Yeah. How good was he?
1: Brilliant, really, again, quality player. Um, I think he came in on trial, actually. Firstly, under Tony, um, and we knew straight away. Like, oh God, this guy was you know bringing the ball down and playing it uh, again. he around was just, corner, uh, around the corner, he like just that. vision. It's all about the vision yeah, for these guys. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just that step ahead. They can kind of feel you pressing them without looking and just knock it around you and take you out the game. Mm. Uh, but a brilliant teammate as well. Brilliant guy. guy. Brilliant guy. Amazing guy. Um, you know, so much fun. Um, just a good teammate as well and you know on the park and off the park again he fitted into the mould of of our group as well yeah,
2: yeah. um we'll ask everyone in that Hibbs team um and i'm sure you have been asked do you think they could have challenged if they all stayed together
1: oh, first, I, I mean i'm asked that quite a lot in terms of where we got to as players yeah i think we could have if we'd stayed together but would we have progressed as quick or got to levels we'd had if we'd stayed together because remember these all of us kind of went you know, Gaz goes to Russia, Derek goes to Celtic, I got to Rangers, Tom goes to Rangers. Um without disrespect, we're playing with high quality players every week in every training session, which obviously kicked us on as yeah, well. Better, yeah, yeah. So could we have kicked each other on to the same levels? I'm not convinced we could have. But in terms of where we got to, um, yeah, really good side. And if you add in other guys like Ivan Sproul, who, who came over as well. Uh, you know, electric pace, yeah. like as we mentioned, Boozy, Gary Caldwell. Uh, right. As well, you know, really, really good players, David Murphy of the world right, coming in. That good. So we'll never know, but yeah, in terms of a end game, a end careers, yeah, I think we could have.
2: And then just last bit on Hibs, was it a striker that you played against? Because you played at half, forgot a good bit. Yeah. Uh, was Was a striker you came up against a young kid that just
1: absolutely terrorised you? Um, I Did don't know if I got terrorised, but it was hard. I, Larson, I used to like playing against Larson to be honest, right? Because he was such, he done things correctly, he had done things properly. In terms of he'd make the front post run when he should he made the pass run. You just had to try and stop him. Now that was different, you know, trying to stop the guy because obviously he scored millions of goals and you know Celtic hero. It was guys like Jason Scotland, Colin Samuels. It was a bit unpredictable. Don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You do not know what they're doing. And if they don't know what they're doing, how are you supposed, supposed to know to <laughs> what they're going to know? You know, they get you. They could they could burn you 1v1. Yeah. They could tie you knots 1v1. Also, other games, you couldn't trap a, a bag of cement.
2: Yeah, yeah. But yeah. What,
1: what one were you getting? So they used to always scare me. A hell of a lot more than your Larsons and Hartsons. Not that they were easy to play against, far yeah. from it. Um, but those two, I used to always think Ricardo Fuller was not about the Harts. You don't know what they're going to do. He's a monster, man. not you? Yeah, you, uh, you don't know what they're going to do. You yeah. just don't
2: know what they're doing. So, did you have an agent at this time? Yeah, I did. How, qu- at what age do you get an agent? And this
1: is obviously um, your first agent. Yeah, still agent now, Jim. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so. Um, Jim MacArthur. Jim MacArthur. Uh, and yeah, he had all the Edinburgh
2: boys, didn't he? Uh, yeah, so, uh, he done a lot
1: of Edinburgh work, Kibs and Harts. So yeah, Jim done all, all, my, all my stuff. really, laid all the house to Rangers, Rangers Norwich, and then back up the road.
2: So when did you first hear about range, that Rangers are interested?
1: Um, <coughs> I'd I bumped into Andy Watson a couple of times and he never said anything by me, but he, when I look back he may be hinting at me. yeah, Because um, we've got on well. And that was, there was a lot of talk when Alec went to Rangers that they were going to come and um, you know, sign me, basically. But after speaking to Alec, years later he said look we were but we just felt again develop it Hibs first and then be ready yeah so the first interest I knew was probably and it was only interest I remember I'd been up at Tannadice for a Hibs Hibs United quarter final league cup and we got beat 3-2 I think or 4-2 and we played really well we played really well with a good team (coughs) and I think that was the first time I got frustrated and I phoned Jim and I said Jim never going to nothing here You know, we're we're just it's just it's grinding me now. But it was a moment. It was a moment in in like your career. It was just a a bad night. And then Jim says, "Well, I need to meet you anyway. I'll meet you next week." In my head, I'm I've got no clue, and you're probably talking to January, February of whenever that year I went to Rangers. And then he said, "Look, got an offer for Rangers for you." And I was it was the last thing I expected. I literally had no idea. Um, It was I was obviously excited. Um, I knew what Rangers were offering to me, not just financially, but football terms. And back with Alex McLeish again, Hibbs didn't have much of a chance because at the cl- Hibbs at, t- at that time were struggling financially. Yeah, they were doing their best as well though to try and keep me. But I always, vo- like whatever I decided, I always said to Hibs and myself, I give them everything until until I don't, until I play for somebody else. Yeah that was the season the Rangers won the league on the last day the helicopter Sunday right. um, and then Tony Mowbray said to me a couple of weeks before look we're not going to play you it's no right it's no fair putting that position but the way things transpired we had to not get beat by a certain amount of goals or Hearts would get in Europe I think it was Hearts Right. and then um, <coughs> I remember obviously playing I remember I went to a tackle I remember Barry Ferguson turning around to me screaming at me, what are you doing it's like, you're one of us now, like that. And I'm thinking, no, no, I, I'm absolutely not. This is, a, this is a game of football we're playing here. Yeah. We're in a position where I want to get this club into Europe. And then uh, Rangers went 1-0 up quite late on, and Scott McDonald obviously scores two. That's right. At the, at the game. And our game, in the last 10, 15 minutes, it was like walking football. Yeah. Because we don't want to go forward because Rangers score another couple of goals. We're out of Europe. Europe. They don't all go forward because if we score, then it's uh, the league goes to Parkhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a, a totally weird, weird uh, situation. But you didn't know you were
2: going to Rangers at like that time? I was n- uh, not 100%. Percent I, was, it, I, huh. was,
1: I was pretty sure um, because at that time, me, uh, myself and Hibs had got to the end of the line. There just wasn't anything they could have done. Yeah. And I was hoping that there, there could have been. And, but when the gulf of everything was just going to be too big. Were you the Hibs captain at the time?
2: Yeah. How was yeah. that to get the Hib's captaincy? Obviously, as you say, he grew up on the terraces.
1: Yeah, amazing. You know, again a, a, a bit of fortune in your career, I get it by default. We're playing Hearts at um Castle and John O'Neill's the captain. And he gets full. Yeah, good play, really yeah, good player. Yeah, right? brilliant player. He was tough to play against, um, but brilliant to play with. Yeah. And he got into the the sort of boarding in the sides, like pushed in it, and he dislocated his shoulder. Right. And I don't know why. I went over to see if he was alright and he obviously wasn't and then he took the armada off the game and I just put it on that was it I, had, I was kind of just subconscious um, I once again I hadn't thought about any of it um, throughout the week not even in my head and then I was going out for the warm up the next again week and Bobby Olison just came up to me he went you're captain that was it and that was it that was me amazing I mean, feeling crazy to? yeah yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm not going to deny it um, very proud moment for me every game not just that game but every game I used to always feel you know, you're going out you're leading guys out here you're you're the leader of this team. Um, you're representing the supporters. You've got to give them what they want want as well. Um, so it's very fortunate.
2: Incredible. And also your dad must have been buzzing with that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he would have been. We didn't really get into that too much, but uh, yeah, he would. He would be pleased with his right. support all his life. So, um, yeah, first and foremost, you want to play for the, the club you support. And, and then if you get to be captain, then um, that's an added bonus.
2: Amazing. Right. Talk about Rangers. First day, you didn't seem to me like you'd be a nervous guy. I think you maybe played. Over 100 games for Hibs, but how is that first day going into training at a club like Rangers?
1: Yeah, it is, is nerve wracking. There's no no question about it. I'd, I'd only been through to, to the West once prior to meeting up for pre season in terms to sign the contract.
2: And, uh, uh, Where'd you go for that? Uh, uh,
1: Ibrox. Ibrox, right. How was that? Um, yeah, I'd only been a couple of times as a player up to that stage. It, quite daunting because it's massive. You know, you're in that club deck in the main stand and you're looking, it's empty. You're looking around going, oh. I'm going to be playing here every second week and it's going to be full and it's going to be hard. Um, and that's just one aspect. That's not even your, you We've know, going to Murray Park was a new experience because I, I at Hibs, wouldn't have a training centre at that point. So I was used to turning up to the stadium and just finding out where we're training. And probably, I knew I knew a few of the lads. I knew I knew Alan McGregor. I played with Alan we were Boys Club and, you know, played against them throughout. I knew kind of Bob Malcolm a little bit, uh, Mo Ross. Uh, Barry Ferguson from the Scotland Scotland, yeah. Scotland sides, but those guys I didn't know. But the first day that we I went there, we actually flew out to Toronto for our, our pre season for ten days, so it gave me a really good amount of time to to get to know the guys, um, and an amazing trip as well. And was, <laughs> I think this probably helped me with the guys. Didn't right. help me with the manager. Like, you know, what it's like you get one night out on the on the um, on the trip on the trip. So we'll go out. The gaffer's like, right, you can go out, but be back for one. And I'm scared of me, Alec. Cl- I'm really, I'm honestly, like terrified. I man. am honestly. <laughs> um, so it's getting to maybe quarter past twelve, and I'm going, "Wait, right, we better can make a move, lads." And they're all like, Oh, nah." <laughs> Big T- Tom was like, "You can't leave, mate. It's your first trip." Like, "Boys, are hate like, you. I'm right, idiot." And uh-huh. I'm going, "No, Tomo, you've, we've got to go. The gaff <laughs> <That's laughs> <the worst, laughs> <that. laughs> I'm, I'm caught like this, and so we walk in about. Half one, nothing mental, like quarter to two or something. And the gaffer's sitting waiting. And he's, oh, I'm going, oh no. And he's went through us. And he's finding us all the week's pages. And he'll come, he came, he was going down us all like that. Uh, and he came to me and he went, you, you've only been here five minutes, you little. And I'm just. <laughs> I'm Not even in the time you've been down week's pages. I honestly couldn't even sleep. I was. That worried. I was worried. I was worried. And then that was it. Uh, it and then great. it was
2: forgotten about. That after was it. I, Aye, you get back on. The well, team. I was wondering as well, like, what about even like the terms of what car you drove in that? Did you change it before you went to Rangers? Were you worried about like what well, that? Nah, we, is it well, that much? It goes through I your head. Sounding
1: like an absolute um, stereotypical football. Rangers supplied you.
2: Ah, uh, okay, they a right.
1: Big, they had a big sponsor. Celtic were the same. I think yeah, for, like, yeah, a yeah. Big sponsorship, so we used that. Um, most of the boys actually used used that. Used that, so it was actually all, that was all right. Um, I'm not a big car guy, but yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. What about first day tra- uh, in
1: terms of the standard? Yeah, brilliant. Standard was 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 really really high. Um, I was fortunate. I started off really well in, in terms of training. Did you, right? Yeah, I, my head was on it. You know, I was really focused on that. And I, I kind of knew that these guys are going to be judging me from the minute I walk in the door. You can you can play against people and have opinions, but when you're actually with them all the time training, your opinion is quite it changes and it can change quickly both ways. So I had to make sure I was getting up to their levels and yeah. I felt the first eight to 8-10 weeks i certainly done that but training was tough it was a really really hard pre-season over in, in Canada um, you know it was, it was hard gruelling the heat as well yeah. uh, and the quality
2: How, who stood it?
1: probably the two players that I, I mean there was loads of good players and that I knew they were good players but the two I didn't realise were as good as they were was Chris Burke and Dado Purzo Person they were, pers- yeah, because again, again, playing against them, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I felt yeah. sometimes we got the better of them, but when you saw him training every day, he's touch, you know, he's, he's big and he holds the ball up. And Berkey was another one. I didn't, didn't mind playing against Berkey, but when I played with him, I appreciated it so much more. Right. He was, he was brilliant. He was such a better footballer than I realised.
2: well wow, there you go. You're people,
1: you're um, you people how you
2: wouldn't think, eh? Let ask again about Fergie. How did you get there? Fergie Grimm, or did you
1: I would have I got on fine with, with, with Fergie um, Again an unbelievable player But I I think we all got it At least once or twice a week Because that was Fergie Um, But a good teammate. mate you Yeah, know, yeah, he, yeah he, people he, say that yeah, yeah, yeah he would put his, put his uh,
2: Suppose you'd maybe like, been used to it Because you'd been with Scotland as well So you, yeah, you know, you know used what to it. expect
1: and, and I think I'd, I was again I go back to me being fortunate I didn't grow up in a In a, in an environment Where demands weren't placed on you I grew up with Alex shouting at you I grew up with mixed mix Pat lining. Craig Brewster demanding every single training session from you so I used, to, I used to Gary Smith was another one I wouldn't I wouldn't want to not put the I wouldn't say effort in but get up to the level that he expects because yeah. he let you know about it so I was the same at Rangers
2: uh, Again another big jump you go into the Champions League that season face Inter Milan
1: Yeah uh, brilliant again that's what I'm talking about Hibs well, couldn't bridge that gap yeah. and not just financially or you're talking football now you know what? Champions League is what you as a player or a youngster sorry you watch it you want to play in it amazing we were you know going to San Siro we are going over to Porto uh, Bratislava Villarreal all these places that <coughs> I wasn't going to get the opportunity to do that and that was again a massive massive pull for me um, and, a, and a brilliant experience
2: what was it like walking out to Champions League music and standing in the
1: yeah it was it was quite funny Like we we played <laughs> in the Milan at San Siro but there was no fans there because I think the game before the referee being hit with a, a coin Right. so they had Fans were banned, banned right? Um, but walking out of Ibrox on the flip side against Milan, amazing. You no, know, I remember it really clearly. Same as a portal game because it was my first proper Champions League game. The atmosphere and um, you know, midweek game at Ibrox in Europe is, is different from a Saturday afternoon.
2: Yeah,
1: who were you up against? I um oh, Can't remember. Obviously, Figo was there at the time. Adriano was a striker. Uh, wow Adriano was Yeah player. I think he scored At Ibrox They had um, Matarazzi I think was there As well They had many Camareso Rocoba would he have been there No he wasn't there yeah, Then you had other guys like Raquel, Camareso Raquelme Forlan at Villarreal yeah, Right wow. good players uh, Had a winger Porto had I can't remember the winger He went to Chelsea in the end um, Good player as well Gave us a torrid time Over there did you feel all right at that level? Did you feel like you could? Yeah, I think we were domestically quite poor. Well, we were poor that season. European wise, we were quite good, but I think it's because we were probably better against these teams without the ball, right? And taking our chances with good players. But when we had to go and try and unlock um, teams, we found it really, really difficult. We, we, um, but we in Europe, we held our own. You know, we were we were really lucky getting knocked out. Yeah, boys, last uh,
2: sixteen, you To knocked yeah, out. big boy, boy t- has a chance. Yeah, I say
1: big boy they had a header in the last two or three minutes. That, boy scores nine times out of ten and that was a year Villarreal really got really close to the final.
2: Yeah, so as you say Raquel May, Forland, they were a proper team then, Yeah, they? Yeah,
1: centre midfield as well. Oh um, what player the
2: Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they
1: were good, good, good players. They um the the Villarreal game, the atmosphere over there was just amazing. It's not a massive stadium but it's like you know very vertical up and down and on top of you. And the Rangers fans that night as well. It was ridiculous. Um so although we lost and we got knocked out, the experience of playing against these players, um, you know, it's something you, it's something you don't forget. You'll never forget.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. what position would you be playing in these games?
1: Um, I played against um, Porto and then Milan centre mid, wow. and then I was left. I remember being left back over in Villarreal.
2: Right. Would that be similar in the SPL? Would it always would it be centre mid or left back? Yeah, pretty
1: much centre half. Right. Um. Alec I, I kind of employed me as a stopper in the midfield in terms of man-marker so I'd normally have a player to man-mark Um. which I quite enjoyed you know, right. I didn't have to take the ball too much Yeah, that's what I was going to say Trying to so, 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 so stop someone is easier than trying to take somebody on Yeah, so was that, was that the struggle at, like, in terms
2: of in the league? Would you, would you, would you then be asked to go and do things that you maybe weren't yeah. uh,
1: comfortable doing? Yeah. yeah, I think we have, we have much more of the ball you're trying to find you're playing against teams that Saturday morning, Saturday morning. sitting in maybe raise their game a little bit and people are saying teams don't do it they do I've done it against Rangers and Celtic in big games that's what happens um, and we didn't have a, we were a decent side but we didn't have anybody that we could really go and unlock defences Yeah, we didn't have a Litt Happy um, or I suppose we had Fergie obviously but he kept the ball moving and kept us going we had plenty of pace with Loving Crans on the sides and Thomas Bouffel but we didn't we didn't have that right two or three players that are going to take really, somebody to him, uh, uh, really uh, dig you out when the chips are down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that led to, obviously, a third-place finish between Celtic and Hearts. That is a disaster at a Club of the Rangers, yeah, isn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Uh, um, see, when that's like that, how is how hard is it yeah, to play it's, at Ibrox? It's really hard. It's really hard. We, we started the season off brilliantly. We beat Celtic at Ibrox 3-1, and we toyed with them. if I'm being honest. It was a game Neil Lenny got a couple of red cards, three or four, something like that. Three, it was Lenny. Um and we're off the flyer, you know, we're absolutely flying and then we just we hit a wall, we went down and Alec was finding it difficult, players were finding it difficult. We were drawn against Falkirk at Ibrox and I remember that one more than anything. Um, we drew against Falkirk at Ibrox and the place went toxic. Uh, the boys, you know, going from the, the stand to the cars, for example, needed, we needed a big security line because the fans weren't happy. And as you said, that Rangers, being where we were, simply not good enough. Um, we knew that but our confidence was gone, or we were shocked to bits. And do you feel that like going into games? Do
2: you actually feel like I've I got think, any confidence? I think yet? if
1: everybody's honest, yeah they do. Yeah, uh, I think it's human nature. I think it, when it's not just one or two of us that are feeling it, it's probably 15, 16, 17 guys out of a 20-man group, it's going to affect
2: you. Uh, how sad were you when
1: McLeish lost his job? Yeah, well, really sad, um, but I think Alec could probably, I'll never know because we felt we'd, we felt we'd let him down. I, I certainly felt we'd let him down. Um but I also felt that maybe Alec it was what Alec needed as well because it looked like he was he was tired. Yeah. Um but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was just really frustrated. But I, my my feeling was, yeah, very sorry. We'd we'd let we'd let we'd let the club down as well. We'd let the chairman down. You no, know, yeah. that's how that's how much Rangers in, in you at times that you you're such a huge institution and football club that you have to do well.
2: Uh, how do you find out Alex Because you've been does he come and tell you himself or is it is it just and that you find it through the um, press or?
1: I can't remember how it happened or how how we found out. I think Alec might have phoned us all maybe half an hour before um it okay, was not. it was going to be, be announced. Do, you, do you, if you were to look back at your Rangers career, do you, do you wish you just had one position that you played there? Um and what would that have been? I found centre half the easiest position yeah. because everything's there and you can talk to people and pull them in, move them around about your left back. I didn't enjoy full back when I was, especially when I was getting older, because you're isolated. And if you're 1v1 against a winger who's who's quicker than you, yeah you're fucked. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. And you can also be a left back or a right back, whatever, and the winger can run you 10 times. You can stop them eight, but you can put two balls in and they score. Everybody thinks you've had a nightmare. Yeah. And you've actually not but you're in such a position where if nobody was willing to come round and help you and you're playing you're playing behind Derek as well rather by the way who's definitely not going to help you <laughs> right <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Yeah 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 If you're up against someone like loving and Sprawl all the world who, and they're quicker than you
2: Yeah you're roasted You're, you? you're struggling uh, Obviously sad McLeish leaves but do you remember the time when Rangers first announced kind of interest in Paul Le Guin it was, a, it was massive he'd he done brilliantly at Leon, didn't he? Yeah So you yeah. you
1: excited as a player to think I'm
2: going to go one work time with my top coach?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, Paul came with a brilliant, like you say, CV and pedigree, yeah. and it was a, a really bold move by by David Murray as well. So when Paul came in, it was obviously first and foremost you want to know because we had a poor season. There was always going to be changes in the playing staff. did he want you? And that was that was the most, or the most nerve-wracking thing. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. What we're we going to do. So you're back at pre-season. Um, and, and and there was new ideas, There's, it's been well documented over the years, but I liked it, I liked him, I really liked him, I thought, I thought he was, again, a total gentleman. to spoke to you like, a, like an adult and very calm and very focused, in hindsight, was he the right man for Rangers at that time? Probably not, but I understand why David Murray wanted to try and change things and Maybe in time it would have worked out slightly different. Yeah. Um but I, I enjoyed my time under Paul, I really did. So did he
2: make it clear to every did it like was there an individual meetings to tell you if you were in his plans or if you weren't in his plans?
1: Not really. I I was speaking to somebody the other day about it, just talking about our, our footballing careers and I had a chance to go on loan to Germany. Um and Paul had pulled me just casually at training, saying, no, I, went, I went along the lines of this, you know. Um we have had an offer for your loan to Germany. I want you to stay here. Now when somebody tells you they want you to stay at Rangers and there's new manager, that's all I cared about. I was like, okay, that's it, in the conversation. So that's how I knew I was in his plans. Um, And then obviously I took a wee virus and infection and then I was out for four or five months. So I never really got a chance to repay him either, which was (laughs) really frustrating. So you said you liked something, what
2: was it that you liked that you'd seen? Obviously you said you were injured, but what was it, training? Um, Yeah, training. It was
1: kind of math type of training. the diet dietary stuff never really bothered me. He would I think I was quite I was quite laid back in terms for instance, if we were playing Hibbs Easter Road, now I lived in Edinburgh, I'd have to travel to Murray Park to get the bus, to go all the way through to Edinburgh, to go all the way back, to go all the way back to Edinburgh. Edinburgh right. Now some guys will go mental, you know, they'll kick up a fuss. I didn't but didn't they bother me? But that was my job. You know, I, what's an extra couple of hours? On your, yeah. your day and yeah the easiest thing is to meet you there but that's not what the manager wanted what the manager wanted was this so I have to comply with what, what he wished and it, I just felt that was the rules that was his way of doing it so I had to do do what he said Um but I just I felt he was so calm and, I, and it was it, it was probably the way that I wanted a manager to be
2: yeah because you look at like top managers now they're not ranting ravers are they? after games they will be quite calm won't they
1: yeah I would imagine
2: so yeah. you could have moments do you think he was maybe just before his, a wee bit before his time in terms of Scottish football
1: yeah probably he probably didn't realise how the, the cultural differences as well of, of players and of supporters and of football clubs because you don't go from being a very successful manager at Lyon in, in a really hard league to being a failure in Scotland it doesn't happen it might just take a longer path and a longer time to get to where everybody thinks you should be and people forget he was taking over a club that was was in a bit of a bit of a problem.
2: Yeah. Because I think some of the criticism was that he was got beat in and he wouldn't have come in and rant and rave. But if that's yeah. not your way, then why would you do Well it?
1: that's it, I remember it. We we got beat 1-0 or 2-1 and particularly poor run we were on. And he came in and just said, um, let's get changed, we'll See you Whatever, Monday. He'd done that every week though, win, lose or draw. So he wasn't going to change just because it was inverness. He always had his thought process and the system that that he wanted to imply, football wise, but also mentality wise, and he wasn't going to budge from it.
2: And and in Scotland, that's perceived as a lack of passion where. Yeah. It's not really, is it?
1: Not at all. Because I think everybody will say, we've all been there in terms of being really, really angry after a game of football and went on the Monday and been completely different, looked at it back or thought about things differently and said, maybe I shouldn't have said that, maybe I should have done this. So the sensible approach is to say very little think about it and then if you're still feeling the same two or three days later then, then that's bring the up. time to address it because uh, it's funny
2: Lewis Ferguson's on uh, obviously in Bologna and Derek I was on the podcast with us, he says Martin never speaks after the game never yeah. that doesn't it, it well. doesn't
1: surprise me it really it, 15 years ago it would have surprise me but now it doesn't surprise me
2: yeah yeah and see with well, like when was it, was it the relationship with the cat with Barry Ferguson like, that, that was kind of the catalyst for it in the end wasn't it
1: yeah I think we, we'd, we, you know, we can't hide behind that or you know I was there yeah, did they get on? No, they didn't get on. That's where football goes. Barry was a, a big figure, an influential figure at, at Rangers at the time. When results aren't going well, it's normally the manager that falls by the sword, not not the 20 guys that have contributed heavily to those results. Um, so what went on discussion-wise with, with David Murray and Paul and Barry? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll never know. But there certainly was a, a fraction of the relationship.
2: Would you presume that there was other presume sorry there was other people in the dressing room that that liked these methods as well? Yeah, or, yeah, or, or Did yeah. You, like, everyone nah, in the end turned against them?
1: No, 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 no. Not everybody turned against them. There was guys in the dressing room who were, who were very receptive to it. Scottish guys as well. Yeah, um, you no, know, because we had a core group, and there was guys that weren't. But but that's that's probably every manager is going to get that. It was just a it was just a tough time to be at Rangers, you know where the the change of the manager, the results from the previous season, Celtic were were progressing, and also the, all the stuff that happened five six years later that that didn't happen. That must have been happening in the background. In the background, uh, background uh, yeah, we, yeah. we didn't we didn't know we didn't realise any of that. But the club was it was a difficult time at that at that moment for for everyone. And he asked you well,
2: how did you find the Celtic Rangers get, the, the Celtic games?
1: Yeah, I, again I get asked a lot. I, I do. Um, look, I love playing I love playing at Ibrox. I loved it because for me it's the best stadium in Scotland. I love you. Love going to your rival stadium. Doesn't matter who who it is. It's a huge. There's a huge difference from the Edinburgh derby to the Glasgow derby. Now I'll always be Edinburgh derby. I love the Edinburgh derby. Uh, I love playing it. Celtic to me. I wouldn't say just another game because I wouldn't you know, treat it with that disrespect. It was a huge, huge derby. The build-up to the game was completely different for a domestic game that I'd, 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 I'd ever experienced or ever will experience. Yeah. Rangers and Celtic fans just want to beat each other. It's as simple as that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Do you have a standout game that you played in?
1: Um, yeah, I was quite fortunate. The derbies were probably 50-50. We won a few, lost a few, drew a couple probably. I played in the game. I, w- I was really proud that I won a game at Ibrox, Old Firm, and I won a game at Parkhead, Old Firm. The game at Ibrox, we, d- we deserved to win. Um, we, we, As I say, we toyed with them that day and that was, that's not disrespecting Celtic because they were a good side yeah. but we were good that day. The game at Parkhead, we probably nicked a little bit with Big Google, Ekeog, God rest him. Yeah. Overhead kick. We were in a good team, but we dug in and we we fought like mad for that result.
2: Brilliant. Uh, your first game back injury was, uh, 1-0 victory with at uh, Motherwell, backdrop of Ferguson being dropped. Remember that day?
1: Yeah, it's Paul's last game. Um, so yeah, I do, as I said, be out for a, a, a bit of time. Again, very simple from Paul Le Guin. Sasa Papic was playing left back up until that point. He just pulled us both together like this and went, you're not playing. I want you to play. in the conversation. Because wow. his English wasn't brilliant. And that was it. Out we went. And straight to the point. Yes, yeah, straight to the point. Um, as I say, his English wasn't perfect or, or brilliant. But he got his point across pretty quickly and pretty clearly. So we won. I think we won 1-0. Yeah, nil right. Uh Penalty maybe. Um, so yeah, but that was Paul's last game. So were you surprised that it was his last game, seeing that you won 1-0? Yeah, I was. Because I, I think he was very... For me as a player, it was very... I thought it was very clear that this guy was was stamping his authority down, he wanted to do what he wanted to do, but now I look back I think maybe he wanted out because you don't drop your best player normally. You know, Barry was our best player by a country mile in terms of dictating a football game and demanding of other other people. Um, or was the relationship so bad that he just they didn't want to be near each other? I don't know. Yeah. Did he just tell Barry on the day of the game he was the player? No, I think it was the day before. What? I think he made Gavin Ray captain. That's right, because Gavin Ray he said We Gav, right. were quite close at the time, and I think Gav was surprised. We were obviously one man's disappointments, another man's happiness in football normally. Um, you know, it was just, it was a, as I say, it was a, just a tough time to be there because, you know, put Gavin in a position as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Le Guin goes and the uh, two le- Rangers legends, Walter Smith and Ali McCoy, came in. Uh, how happy were the boys to see they 2
1: Yeah, again, a few of the boys knew them from um, Scotland. Scotland. You know, obviously, Ali was assistant to Walter.
2: Were um, you in no the Scotland set up at this wee uh, ring Yeah, ring I was bit. in and you out in a wee bit. bit. I was yeah, in and okay. out
1: sort of. I'd been, you know, a couple of squads and then, you know, Went to Japan with Water and all this stuff in Koisty. And, and then they came in and we just picked up immediately. We were we weren't, still weren't brilliant, but Walter, again, another guy that's left us far too soon, was a, an incredible man manager again in terms of getting the best out of players, demanding standards. That And that was the biggest thing at Rangers, the standards of Glasgow Rangers. This is where we should be. This is what we need to be and where we, where we always must be. And Walter petrified that. More than anything, um, Kenny McDowell came in.
2: Good, Kenny. Kenny was my man, yeah. Said, Kenny was brilliant. I didn't know guy. Kenny at all. Yeah, yeah. his
1: training and stuff was brilliant, really, really good. Yeah, so him and Ali took training most, and Walter would just stand watching and growling at you. And when Walter looked at you, and or actually said you told him pretty quickly again, a bit like that. McCleese had that, yeah. sort of fear factor, but deep, deep, deep underneath it all. Oh, if you give him everything, he'll give you everything.
2: Yeah, did you ever get a Walter Smith blast?
1: I don't. Think I got a blast to be honest. Um, I don't remember getting one, I've seen a few. Um, I think Walter would give it to the guys that kind of needed it in terms of getting a bit too cocky or wanted to chat back. I just try to do my job, and fairness, Ali and Walter. Um, I get my first job at Dumbarton from through Ali McCoyst, right? How's that? Well, he he probably doesn't know, I know, and I didn't know until not that long ago that he'd helped. Um, he used to drink with the, the chief executive at Dumbarton. Um, so he told me in the alley, I've not bumped I've been maybe once or twice, he's never mentioned it. Um, and then I go to Erdő, Walter, helps me get that job, again, unknown to me. Wow. Um, so how you behave and give what you give to people, you might not get it back straight away or instantly, but you'll get it back down the line. That's incredible, eh? Yeah, but again, it shows you that people in football will help each other. It's, this is not, you can look at someone and have opinions on somebody. But we're, we're all, you know what it's like saying we're all we're all deep down trying to help each other. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to like everybody, and you know we want to beat each other. But we all like to talk football, have opinions on football, and when somebody asks your opinion on someone, you tell them the truth. Who would you say you took most from as a manager? Um, probably Alec. I think I have to. You know, I've, I've tried to take bits from everybody. Uh, I Had some. You know, Colin Calderwood was great as well. Peter Grant uh, down at Norwich. Um, and you trying to take tidbits, good and bad, from everybody. But I think Alec Ali was a huge influence on my on my career as a youngster, and then going through into first team football, um, and even now in, in management as well.
2: Just to last you bit on your second time at Hibs, what was different? They going back to second time to what was there uh, the first time, probably standard of player. If you're being completely honest,
1: yeah, standard of player recruitment. Um, I was delight. I was delighted to get back to Hibs. Um, I knew it was going to be hard because they don't forgive you very often by moving from Hibs to Rangers. And, I get that and understood it I had to make sure I kept my head down and give them everything I could but I was dying to get back I really was um, I was dying to get back to Scotland and then luckily Mick Sue gets a Hibs job who I, who I played with and he signs me so I signed for Hibs on the Friday play against Hearts at Tyncastle on the Saturday wow. which is probably the best game it could have been for me uh, just when? to get uh, beat 1-0 right Um but done actually done alright in the game Which which was important Because yeah. I had to try and get the Hibs fans back on my side, side And I think I'd done that over the period I was there You'll still have one or two You're always going to have one or two And you're never going to forgive you um, But I think Yeah, I think recruitment um, Certainly towards my latter days at Hibs Was really poor I have to say And that's Again, no disrespect to the players Or the recruitment team that were doing it But it wasn't good enough Were you surprised to get the phone call to go back to Hibs? I was a wee bit surprised in terms of John Collins had just left Hibbs quite suddenly and quite um abruptly. And Hibbs didn't have a manager for a couple of weeks, and but I kept getting the feedback from Hibbs. No, no, we want you, we want you. And I'm like, Well, how can you want me and and there's not a manager. Don't that... have a manager. Yeah. the Jim is Mick's agent as well. Right. But Jim has never said a word. He he just he just kept saying to me, No, no, the manager wants you. He said, I can he tell you who it is though. Because obviously it wasn't done. So when I went back, it was Mick and Donald Park. Who Donald was my youth manager. Well, Park is amazing. Great guy. Um And he'd done my Scotland, you know, under sixteens and seventeens yeah, yeah. and all that. So when I went back, I was working for two guys. That I was desperate once again, desperate to do well for. I still knew a couple of the boys. We signed Colin Nish as well from Camanachd, who I played with Boys Club, um, throughout our Boys Club uh, time, but. With some good players, Zamama was good. Benji yeah, was good. Right. Rob Jones was decent yeah. as well. Um, so we had some good players. We did, and we actually had some all right results. Mixer we'd done a pretty decent job compared to what's happened since. And then, as I say at the end, uh, we, we were we were running on fumes a wee bit. Players weren't good enough. Um, it was it was probably a time for him to really clear it out.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, just lastly, about me on your future uh, hopes for the rest of the season. Got to be going for the league, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I'll never say that. Well, do you? Do you, uh, also, do you not say? Did you even talk about it? to the players? Um, now? We 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 talk internally sometimes, not a lot. Yeah. We we, we had a, you know, again, fairness to the new guys who come in. They never they've never put any demands. You know, here this is what you must do. Um, We've, we've all wanted to do really well we've got ourselves in a position that's really really good after 20 games I think we have to acknowledge it's 20 games now not 4 or 5 Yeah. we're, we're banging it that's for sure um, but I'm still on that side of caution let's get in top 4 as quick as we can let's eliminate 5th place then eliminate 4th then eliminate 3rd and then go for the shootout at the end if we're still in that position there's going to be bumps along the road I've said it all season there's going to be more we have to be ready for them we have to recover from them and we have to make them as little as possible. But to be where we are, I'm really, really happy with the players, with the staff and with the football club, the supporters as well, because as I say, we're all a big collective. I, all, I always urge the people to be careful because this can change really quickly. We've seen it so many times in football. We've seen it already this season in our league. We look at Greenock Morton. I think they won the one at the first 12. They're now flying. I know. That's how quick it can be. Park Fistler are nine points behind us. Not 19. Yeah. This is a tough, tough league. We need to keep going. Four, five, six games to go. See where we are. But on the flip side, if we manage to do it, for me personally, it would be my greatest achievement in football.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and then just personally as well, obviously as I say, that's 12 years you've been managing now. What is the end goal? What's the big yeah. ambition?
1: Again, I don't look too far ahead. Simon, I think it's a dangerous game. You always want to manage at the highest possible level you can go to now where is that? I don't know where it is. Um Do I have a pathway, a goal in my head? No, because I've been in managerial jobs before. When it's pulled, on, pulled, the carpet's pulled away from you as quick as it was given to you. Yeah. So what you do? I, this is a tough business. A tough. I'm. I'm so privileged to be sitting here at Rafe Rovers, you know, a, a fantastic football club in Scotland with great, great tradition, and trying to help them move up the leagues. Um, I'd love to be in the Premier League, of course, would in Scotland. Would I be any happier if it was Rafe Rovers or someone else? No, because I want to take everybody here with us try and succeed um, and, you know, if I'm still here in 10, 12 years I don't mean Rafe Rovers, I mean in football then I'll be doing alright. Yeah, what am man, thanks very much mate. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.